As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler McCall, editor-in-chief of Fashionista and number one Gossip Girl fan. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hi, everybody. I'm Jessica Zor, and welcome to a very special episode of XOXO. Today, we have a real treat for you listeners. I've been asking you to submit your burning Gossip Girl questions, and we'll finally be getting to them today. I had an absolute blast diving into so many Gossip Girl stories, and I've been waiting to tell you guys on the podcast. And I have one more surprise for you. Joining us today is Gossip Girl superfan Tyler McCall, who just happens to be the editor-in-chief of Fashionista. And at this point, Tyler might as well (laughs) have been on the show because she just knows so much about it. And she'll be coming along for the ride and helping guide me on our first mailbag episode. So I'm excited. Let's get started. Welcome, Tyler. Thank you so much. That's maybe my favorite intro to anything I've ever gotten. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to do this. Uh, Not as excited as me, I assure you. (laughs) I I feel like you know a lot more about the show than I do, (laughs) even though I was on it. But um, I'm so excited to like pick your brain and answer all these questions and just like get into like all the stuff. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Before we dive into the questions... Did you become a super fan from like when it first aired, when it was like the pilot aired? Did you read the books? Like just just for everyone listening to to know like when did this 
whole yeah. obsession with Gossip Girl <laughs> started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read the books. Uh, they came out when I was in high school and I had read a few of them and liked them. But uh, I was really just from day one of the show, this was still when people, you know, it was appointment television. It was before your streaming was really a thing. And I remember with totally. my college roommates sitting down every week to see whatever new episode was going on. And it's been an obsession ever since. That's awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm happy you're here with me to go on this journey of answering all the questions, getting into like our thoughts and our, you know, opinions and ideas of what the storylines were and what we thought and what we were feeling at the time. Because going back and rewatching these, sometimes as an actor watching some of the scenes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember like the prep for that. Or I remembered, you know, giving this backstory here or talking to one of the other actors about their backstory. And then also trying to watch it for entertainment now, where I'm just going back and just kind of digging in because we are so far removed. Um, I know I keep saying that, but it's true because it's been so long. So to be able to um, kind of watch just as a fan of the show or as, you know, for entertainment and just be totally locked into these to these episodes has been really, really fun, but also crazy because I'm like, I never was like, I always liked Blair and Chuck, but I am like their biggest fan now. And it's so funny because I'm like, okay, this is crazy. <laughs> but anyways, I'm very excited for you to be here and do this with me. So Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited yeah. to get into it. And All right. you got so many good questions. I, that's what everyone on the team keeps saying. And I honestly did go through some at first when it was going. And then I know that we were, you know, we, we couldn't answer every single one. But the, what, what I saw, I was like, woo, yeah, that, very great. So thank you all for writing in. And we're going to try to get to as many as we, as we can. I selfishly, I just want to get started with one from myself, which is that yeah. I've been listening to the podcast. It's been incredible. And as a fan, it's been such a treat to get all of these behind the scenes stories and get a deep dive into what it was like and hear everybody reminisce. But I'd really love to know what it's been like for you to be making the podcast. Um, well, this is a whole new world for me in the sense of like hosting one and producing a podcast and doing a rewatch. There's like a lot of different things going on for me. It's very um, exciting. I'm, I'm very nervous a lot of the time because I want to make sure that I'm delivering what all the fans that were so good to us throughout all the years truly love you guys so much going on this journey with me watching my work outside of Gossip Girl as well. So um, there's like a, it's a mix of emotion. I get excited. I sometimes can't sleep because I'm like, oh, we should add this or do this, or we should ask this person to come on or break down this storyline. And then I also just love doing it because I get to be home with, with my family. It's also taking this walk down memory lane and bringing back, you know, a job that changed my life and a job that affected a lot of people across the world. That was a big part of why I wanted to do this is kind of give back to everyone that that helped make the show such a success and and all of that. So it's been a wild and fun ride. And I hope that everyone's enjoying it as much as we are because we are putting our like blood, sweat, and tears into this to make sure that everyone's enjoying it. Yeah. And you got a fan question along these lines from at Cupcake Bella who wanted to know what inspired you to start the podcast. I got pregnant in the beginning of the pandemic and um you know, Brad plays hockey and he got picked up to go to Calgary and I had just wrapped season three of the Orville and I was like, I'm going to take a beat on doing a show for a minute. I just want to be a mom and be there with Brad and be there with my family. And the podcast was presented to me that, you know, a, a lot of different 
platforms wanted to do something with Gossip Girl. They thought I would be a good host for it. And I listened to the ideas and I'm like, yeah, maybe. I I wasn't quite sure. And then I like kind of slept on it and thought about it. And I thought, why not? Like, we should take a walk down memory lane. We should rewatch this show. We should talk about all the things, what was hard, what was challenging, what was fun. And so called the producers back a couple days later and said, listen, let's put our ideas together. Let's get creative, have fun and, and do the damn thing. So and here, here we, we are, are. <laughs> which is so great. Yeah. I love this note that you got from at Emily Greenberg 11. It says, hello, Jessica. My name is Emily Greenberg, and I am a Gossip Girl super fan who has watched the series in its entirety at least six times, which is wow. a lot of watching. Since you began- I, I your- just got goosebumps. I know. It's so <laughs> nice. Do you see them? Yeah. Since you began your GG podcast, I've been tuning in every week to listen to you bring my favorite show to life, and it is seriously a dream to listen to you discuss all things Gossip Girl and hear your behind-the-scenes stories. Thank you for making all of our days brighter with your podcast, which I just thought that was Mm. such a nice note. Is that Emily, her name is? Yeah. Hi, Emily. That was so sweet, so nice, and because of people and fans like you, this is why we, we feel so good to be doing this. I'm glad that you're enjoying it and keep staying tuned. We have so much fun stuff coming up for everybody. I'm very excited. Thanks, Emily. Emily had a couple of good questions. One I wanted to mm-hmm. ask now is who your favorite guest star was to have on the show. I think that she means guest star on Gigi because you guys had truly an incredible so amount of guest stars. Yeah, when I go back and look up some of the stuff, because I'm I'm we're on the rewatch of season two, so I haven't, you know. I'm not going ahead. I'm trying to stay with the rewatches, obviously, week to week with everyone. But even when I was, like, looking up doing some research on something, I was like, uh, we really had some, like, amazing guest stars. So I, I I think we're all very blessed and honored that people came to play with us and and be a part of the show. For me personally, I had a great time with Hilary Duff. Um, we kind of knew each other a little bit before she came on, and I know her sister Haley, and she's just a rad rad girl. So to come on and that storyline was, I, I I think, just fun. And the whole, I remember reading the script and there was a threesome with, with Hillary's character and Dan and Vanessa. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is wild. Vanessa's like some of the stuff that was like thrown at her or that she, she had to deal with was, was very interesting to me. But I remember I was nervous too about that situation. Cause I'm like, I don't know. How, how do you do that on TV? And back then there was it wasn't like how HBO and all these other networks where you know now you turn on any every other show and it's naked and all the things so this was a very major like what what you know what i mean like threesome yeah. kissing you're all hooking up i'm like this is what are we going to do so i remember in my mind i was very nervous for it i was also like how am i going to explain this to my yeah. family that i have to but then you know you kind of check yourself and it's acting and it's not real. And we ended up having fun shooting it and doing it. And they're so professional and great. But um, yeah, I just remember that I thought some of my family might be like, what are you doing? Any, any kind of like kissing or hooking up scene, no matter who it's with or what it is. It's always, I was always nervous to be like, what is my like grandpa going to think or my grandma? But they were all like, you're just acting. So anyways, Hilary Duff was, was a very fun, fun person to, to come on and, and play with. Yeah. And she had such a fun storyline too. Totally. You have a question from Kat Strafford 07, which I really like, because obviously now you have some time and some perspective from the show, but she uh, would like to know if you ever felt overwhelmed by the success of the series. Uh, Yes. Um, I don't even know how to like sugarcoat that or pretend like it wasn't. Um, 
you know, you audition and, you know, I moved to LA and when you're auditioning and hoping that you book a job, one that you obviously love and a character that you want to bring to life and, and also, you know, you want to pay your bills and be able to, you know, be able to do your acting classes, you know, during the day instead of having, you know, so there's a a lot of layers of, of wanting to book a job that's going to hit. And when I say hit, you want to book a job that, that lasts so that you can keep growing and become better at your craft. And uh, you can never prepare for something to hit the way Gossip Girl did, or I can speak for myself. It was a very crazy thing. It was a show that like, we couldn't walk outside. We had to have security guards. Um, we had to hide our relationships. Um, and that's a very different world than, you know, before <laughs> Gossip Girl that I I had to like learn and figure out and navigate. And, and I'm also someone that really enjoys life and wants to go to concerts and wants to go and travel and see my family and go to new cities. Um, I'm not someone that wants to sit on my couch and be private, so private that I can't live my life. So there was a fine line of trying to figure that out. And there wasn't social media then, but we were followed all the time with paparazzi and a lot of stories written and rumors and things like that, which you learn quickly to not read everything and to just, you know, it was just trying to do the best we could do at work for myself and and be a good person and live my life because you would you could drive yourself crazy otherwise. But yes, yeah. there's no other way to answer that than it was it was all it was shocking, it was scary, it was interesting. I'm like, why these people don't know me as a person at all, but walking down the street, they're like fascinated and want to know everything. So there there was a lot again just so many different emotions and feelings. There was times I cried because I'm like, I just don't know how to handle this. And there was times I'm like, it's so touching and amazing that people love the show that much and are are very interested in our lives, both on the show and off. So it, there was like a lot of layers to that. Yeah, I'll tell you, because I obviously now I live in New York, but when the mm-hmm. show first aired, I was living in my college town. So I didn't have the perspective of what it would be like to be in New York when Gossip Girl was airing. And I'll tell you, I work in fashion. This past fashion week, I saw the cast of the new Gossip Girl <laughs> so often that I, I mean, I joked that I saw Thomas Doherty more than I see my own fiance. Right. <laughs> that's how, that's how all over, like all over the place they were truly. And so to me, I just think how overwhelming that would be to suddenly be invited to every party and every event. And, you know, now they have Dumois and these Instagram accounts that follow them and how crazy that must feel. Yeah. And when you say that, that is true. I wasn't even thinking there there was literally a different event or a different thing every night, whether you, you were hosting it or, you know, it was a paid partnership or it was, you know, a campaign you were doing. It was very, very busy and all, yeah, all the time. So there, it was, it was a wild thing. I, there's times I get asked this a lot. If you would, if you could go back, would you change anything? And part of me is like, yeah, I probably would. But then part of me is like, I, you don't you don't know you're kind of in it and learning as you go and i don't really think people can prepare you i mean i think people that i knew that went through it that are like listen just like you know remember where you came from remember to be nice to people remember that these fans you know there's a lot of things that go into it and then you know you're finally falling into a good paycheck and then you also are getting everything is free i remember being like well, I, I can finally <laughs> afford stuff and now everyone wants yeah. to give me free stuff it's, it was crazy i i'm like I can totally remember all the like fashion week and all the things while the show was going on. It's a different thing when you're not filming and and in the middle of everything. So I'm sure those kids are really in the thick of it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I tell you, I see them 
everywhere. Do you yeah. have any fan stories that you remember from that time? Um, the fans were just so wonderful and great. I mean, we had a really hard time getting through scenes on the Upper East Side because sometimes the schools would let out and these girls would be girls and guys and, you know, all different ages. But when that bell rang and they came to see where we were filming, I mean, sometimes they would scream so loud that we couldn't get through the scene. So there was times where like, you guys, we were doing this for you, but you got to do this for us and not scream for a second. But yeah, the second, you know. Chuck or Nate or Dan walked out of their trailers, these girls. I mean, it was like so high pitched. Sometimes I'm like, I think I can't hear properly now. But um, it was cute. I most of the most of my fan stories is people have just been like wonderful and sweet and and very supportive. So I'm I'm very blessed in that. But there was like weird situations like that keychain thing where I'm like stopped in my tracks. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that is truly wild. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, put my yeah. inside the actor's studio hat on, uh, because obviously you are the expert on all things Vanessa, uh, since you played her. And a lot of people had really great questions about Vanessa and Vanessa's journey. And I just mm-hmm. want to start by asking you, um, you know, and you've talked about this with a few of your guests, Vanessa drops in after the show's been on for a few episodes and the rest of the cast has been established. So I, I'm curious from your perspective, what it was like to drop in the role like that. There was like buzz around, I remember booking it around the show because it was the creators from the OC. Um, I was, you know, I was excited. I was also, uh, a friend of mine was a manager of Chase, at the, or is his manager. And I remember him saying, oh my God, Chase has just spoke so highly of everyone. Everyone's super nice and professional and awesome. You're going to be just fine. So I was excited and, you know, it's like the new kid at school. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I like showed up, knew my stuff, brought my A game. And um, I was very excited to bring Vanessa to life. But it's like in television, you don't know the storylines and where it's going for all the seasons or if the show's going to keep going. Thankfully, Gossip Girl kept going because it hit in such a way. But sometimes you do a pilot and you get picked up for 13 episodes and you don't do the back nine. You know what I mean? Which we call it the back nine because it makes it 22 episodes, which at the time was what our seasons were. Um, I actually remember when we got picked up for the back nine, Leighton texted me, we're rich, bitch. And I, we were dying because <laughs> we've all, we, it's obviously joking, but but not in in the sense of like, we, we were just like all hoping we were going to get picked up for yeah. that back nine. You know what I mean? Um, because we were just ha- all having so much fun and, and enjoying what we were doing there in New York City, or I was at least. But yeah, Vanessa's, I was excited. And s- some of the stuff with her, with her, with Dan, I find very interesting because she basically can't, you know, Vanessa's coming back. And let's like think about this, everybody. Like when you're in high school, if you have a time where you're going to tell someone that you love them, that's like a major thing, like the inner dialogue that Vanessa had to keep having with herself of how she's going to tell Dan when she comes back because she left for Vermont with Dan saying that he loves her. So when she comes back, obviously she's assuming like, I'm just going to tell him and hopefully, you know, we can just pick up and, and start dating. I mean, obviously that's what Vanessa was thinking or, or you're not. You're not going to go tell someone knowing that they're dating someone else, you know? And at that time, it's not like Vanessa could go on social media and find out or see pictures of him with Serena at the time, you know? So I think, you know, Vanessa's built up her confidence to go back and tell her best friend, which is a major thing, that she loves him back. And she gets there to find out not only that he loved, he says, Vanessa, but that, you know, and then Serena's standing right there. And Dan and Vanessa know each other so well. They have a lot of things that they enjoy, you know, they a lot of similarities of, of the things in life that they like. And now he's dating this beautiful, 
blonde hair, blue eye, Barbie looking girl from the Upper East Side. That's so not Dan Humphrey, not the Dan that Vanessa knows. So that's another big blow. Not only is he like, oh no, my feelings have changed, but I'm also dating someone else, which has got to be, when you go through that heartbreak, I remember, you know, in high school, it's, that's devastating. That like literally makes your heart hurt. So when I watched that back, I was like, oh my God. And you, that takes so much courage to literally go face to face and tell someone that and and come back to the city and do that. So right off the bat with that in that episode for Vanessa, that was like, oh my goodness, where is this going to (laughs) go? And I feel like they have such a history and so much that you learn, you know, pretty quickly. Um, But I felt very bad for, for Vanessa there because she, that takes a lot to do. Yeah. It's so rough. Loved the emphasis on love. Oh my God. I'm uh, like, okay, Dan, we hear you. Relax. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and then Serena's there. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Truly, I think Vanessa and Dan had one of the more complex relationships with each other on the show. And I'd love to know kind of how you and Penn molded that and navigated that as you were filming together. Right off the bat, we started filming the first scene we filmed. It's actually funny. My three audition scenes are in my first episode. And the first scene I was in New York filming was when we're walking and holding the newspaper and we're trying to figure out what movie we're going to see. But right away from meeting Penn, it, I felt like I knew him for a really long time. It didn't feel like it was the first time meeting him. And and I don't know why. He just had like a warm, very sweet personality and was welcoming and cool. And so right when they said action, it just, there was like a chemistry friendship there between between those two. Or at least that's what I felt. Um, and I feel like you got that from from the scene. Like when I watched it back, I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. We literally met 20 minutes before this. And he's just a very easy actor to play off of. He's just a very natural, like, sometimes we would be rehearsing lines and he would say one of his lines and I'm like, what? Oh, you're actually, you're just acting, you're doing your job. But he's just very natural at it. But navigating it, like I was saying before with TV, you know, you kind of just take the storylines as they come. And sometimes for me, I, I sometimes would be like, oh man, it's going this way or oh man, it's going that way. But that's part of our journey and our job and part of the fun too that you don't know and get to, you know, day by day, like figure out the next, the next thing. So we just had, we had fun working together. He was, he was an easy, fun person. And when I say easy, I mean to play off of and do that. And speaking of the Humphreys, actually, Lamb Chop 8931 asked what it was like working with Taylor when you first met her. Well, she was so young. I mean, Obviously, we were all young, but she was like, you know, 13 or 14 years old. So she was so much younger than all of us. Um, I was very impressed by her. I was like, wow, this girl is like a badass coming in here, being able to like, when I say hang, like acting with people five and six years older than her. And that's like a big gap. That's not like when you're 26 and 32, you know what I'm saying? Or that, you know, when you're like, 13, a freshman, you know, eighth grade, a freshman in high school. That's a very different, your mind's in a different place, all the like life experience, at, at, even as actors on different sets and stuff. So I was very impressed with her. She was a sweetheart. She was very professional. I mean, I think she's phenomenal. I think what she did with Jenny was, was, I mean, some of the scenes I'm like, she's like acting circles around people. She was phenomenal. I was very impressed by her. And I feel like Vanessa and Jenny too had such a complicated relationship. Yeah, because I think, you know, she kind of looks to Vanessa as like an older sister and they do kind of have that dynamic, but yet Jenny really wanted to always fit in on the Upper East Side on some level and Vanessa wasn't really changing 
that about Vanessa. So there was kind of, I don't want to say resentful, but a little bit like Jenny probably wished that Vanessa would just kind of get along with those girls and be up there and make it a little bit easier for Jenny. Does that make sense in, in a way? Because it was so, Vanessa was so cringing to the Upper East Side on things that like, I think Jenny was just like, God, Vanessa, just, you know, I, I kind of get it. They had an interesting relationship. But I do think that they also go way back. Like Vanessa's relationship with the Humphreys right off the bat, like even with the Waffles, like you can tell with how she talks to Rufus. They really know each other really, really well and have like major history there. I I know from being in the fandom that Vanessa can sometimes be a controversial character. And I want to know from For you sure. what you think people misunderstand about Vanessa. Well, I think everyone also has to understand <laughs> it is a TV show. There, there exactly. is entertainment. There is things that we need for like shocking moments. But Vanessa, I, I think she's so relatable in the sense of she has to have a normal job. She doesn't come from this world, you know, all this like glitz and glam and money and all this stuff. But I think she had a big heart. I, I do feel like at times Vanessa didn't have enough in Brooklyn for her. So they, so the things that were coming out and the things that were, were happening with her were, were always intertwined in the Upper East Side. And, and, and she also didn't like that. So it was almost contradicting Vanessa sometimes. I'm like, she can't stand the Upper East Side, but yet she's hooked up with Nate. She's hooked up with Chuck. <laughs> yeah. She's hooked up with Dan. She's, you know. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, well, then don't keep going up there. But again, it's a TV show. And you also do need a character like that. Like when I would watch 90210, I remember Tiffany Amber Thiessen's character coming on. And I, I, I would cringe sometimes at some of the shit she did. And then when I met her and actually worked with her, I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't stand this storyline. I couldn't stand when your character did this. And she was like one of the raddest, coolest people I'd ever met outside of it. But she did her job and she did a good job. So, I mean, there were things that Vanessa needed to do for, for storyline, you know, just for the storyline to carry it on and do things. But I, I do think she had a big heart. And I do sometimes wish that I felt bad about the the Dan situation with her because I do feel like... You know, it's one of those things. I had a very good family friend. Our families were close. Our siblings were all close. And I think our parents all thought one day we would end up together. And at one point in our 20s, we had a conversation about it. Like, do we try this? Do we not? And we're like, we we can't all of a sudden just think our worlds are just going to like mesh and do it. So we we didn't. But I, I feel like that was like a thing in the back of Vanessa's mind and, and Dan's for a while. And then it just, you know, obviously things change and you grow up and you grow out of things. But, but I, I do think she wished things would have worked with Dan. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think Vanessa's up to now? I think she's just in Europe living her best life. Yeah. I love that for her. I hope that that's what yeah, she's doing. Yeah. Several people wanted to know if you could have picked any other character to play, who would it have been and why? Wow. That's I, – I don't – Chuck Bass, maybe? I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I just love, I mean, I love Blair's character, but there's so many things about Serena, Jenny. I don't, I don't really know. That, that's a tough one. But the way Blair was written with her little one-liners and her emotional journey that she brings you on, but that's also a testament to Leighton. Um, but there was a lot to dig in there with, with Blair. Baldwin88 wanted to know, and this is, this is one of my favorite things to ask people who are involved with the show. When you got the role of Vanessa, was there any point that you thought Vanessa was Gossip Girl? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I went through – it was so funny. I can't remember if it was – I think it might have been with Ed at one point, like at a dinner. I'm like, well, I think it's going to be this person. I think it's going to be that. And I think by the end of dinner – this was like season 
three. So we still had so much more that could have happened and did happen. But I remember thinking like, at the end of the dinner, I think he's like, you literally went through everyone, Jess. Like, <laughs> okay, it's going to be one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think we, yeah, I went through for sure at one point where I thought it was going to be her. For for a while, I thought it was going to be Chuck, but then I'm like, that's almost two on the nose. I was actually genuinely shocked when it was Dan. I was going to Because I think I had wrapped my head around so many different people at so many different times that I think I was well over it being him when when we found out. Yeah. But then when I'm rewatching now, there's things where I'm like, okay, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I would have never known at the time. You know what I mean? I thought it was Dorota. That's a good one. I was. That's I a was really like, good one. And I thought Dorota deserved <laughs> that moment. I kind of like that. You know, Should we go back and have them change, change I, like, that. Can you revisit this and give Dorota <gasps> this moment of? Coming? I love that. Yeah. That yeah. I did. There was a moment where I thought it was her as well. But again, like I said, I I, I pretty much went through. I'm like, yeah. maybe this, maybe that. So you talked about. Vanessa's love life. Is there somebody, uh, Nate, Dan, I Chuck, even that you thought that she went really well with, or that you preferred her um, with? I thought Nate and Vanessa's storyline was fun, but I also think Chase and I just had fun working together. So it also brings another like dynamic each day to work and stuff. Um, but I thought their little storyline was was cute. Um, not Chuck. When when Vanessa hooked up with Chuck, I'm like, what is going on? I remember reading that and asking, like, Ed, I'm like, what page are you on? Because I'm on this page and I'm like, not sure how I feel about it. It just didn't feel right. But again, what I love about this show is that like you could be on one page and then 10 pages later, what goes down, what's been dropped, who's hooking up, whose mom is dad is cousin's brother, like all the things <laughs> that go on on this show is what makes it so amazing as well. So, but I do remember reading that. I'm like, what page are you on? Because I'm not sure how I feel about this. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa is maybe making a mistake here. (laughs) Vanessa and Chucks, get out of (laughs) here. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you have a show that goes on like that. You do have to kind of try everything. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I think- Wait, which by the way, and I am probably just not remembering because it's been so long and I'm not on those seasons yet, but like- do Serena and Chuck hook up? No, Serena and Chuck never hook up. Okay, because that there, I was gonna say there has to be something where it never crossed over. Yeah, and for some reason I was thinking it's got to be that. But then when he just done this rewatch, he like wakes her up with a flower, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and she like yeah. is so like so disgusted by Chuck. It's th- their dynamics quite funny too, which I think gets overlooked. Yeah. No. So uh, it is actually I think the only pairing that doesn't happen okay. is Serena and Chuck. And I think it's because the Blair and Chuck couple above kind of anything else on the show becomes like the untouchable thing for them. And I think that that chemistry is so apparent. Like immediately, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And everyone keeps talking about it. And I love that. But to, to off of what you just said, maybe that's why Chuck and Serena never did because of Blair's relationship with Chuck. But let's just be honest here. That didn't stop Serena from sleeping with Nate, who no. was Blair's, you know, like lost their virginity. Like that's also, can we talk about that, everybody? Like that happens in the pilot and then everything keeps moving on. But like that would be devastating. Yeah. Okay. Like if any of my girlfriends from high school are listening right now, like <laughs> OMG on the real, like you're telling me that <laughs> all of a sudden you find out your best friend, your best friend. Took your, with your took Nate's virginity. She took Nate's virginity, Serena. Like that's messed up. It's really crazy. <laughs> because let's 
you know, losing your virginity is a big deal. And to do that to your best friend, I, I mean, that's, it's nuts. And I mean, what do you think of all that? Well, I mean, it's horrible. And I think that it's clear that Serena before the show starts is just this kind of thoughtless, careless person. Right. Who does but you know, too, wants. how Blake gave the different colors and layers yeah. to Serena, you do really care about her. Yes. And that's like a crazy thing to start a show that way because you could really not like that that character. Right. You know what I mean? So the way yeah. she played it brought you on a journey where you're like, okay, I still like you even though that was messed up what you did. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge testament to Blake's acting ability. Uh, absolutely. That, yeah, the show opens with this horrible thing and yeah. you're still rooting for her. And more yeah. than that, like, even though they have such a complicated friendship, you really root for Blair and Serena to stay friends. You do. And what also happens, which I'm watching and finding and, you know, looking into now even more, as as that happens with Blair, she still always is having Serena's back. No matter who comes in Dan's life, she's making sure with this Amanda right now in season two, like, you know, she's having her back that no one's going to like take away from Serena, which that's a really good friend because I know a lot of girls that would probably never talk to Serena again. So yeah. And there was something interesting that Josh and Stephanie had said in the writing where sometimes you, frenemies, it can be when it's your best friend. So they did, they talk about that in, in the first episode of this podcast, um, that dynamic of like what you go through with your best friend. Sometimes like it's not just always like rainbows and, and butterflies. Like sometimes there is some Deep stuff, and that's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, and why? I I would love to know why you think it is that Blair has that loyalty to Serena, even while she's obviously also so jealous of Serena and so envious of how Serena moves through life. Yes, and by the way, that was a lot of people's questions as well. Yeah, like why yeah. does Blair? Why do you think Blair's so jealous of Serena? And and I feel like she's always in her shadow or she feels that way. I think Blair brings a lot to the table and is cute yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. But I think what we were just talking about probably has like subconsciously some sort of thing to it. Like you went and betrayed me. You slept with Nate. It was devastating to find out. Then you come back and, and you know, she's always shining her light everywhere and, and she should be able to. Serena should do that. As friends, you should always want your friend to shine. But I do feel like there's probably a part where where Blair's still hurt by that, and that probably triggers something when it when it's all of a sudden the fat you know fashion week and everyone wants to see where Serena is and she's invited to everything that probably triggers back to that because that's something very very devastating and hard to to get past I think right yeah I mean I don't know and I think kind of <laughs> along those lines uh, Jackie Bridget Bowers wanted to know what you think made Blair and Chuck have such amazing chemistry together. Well, first off, I think they're both so incredibly talented. And I really think the way that Chuck and Blair were written, um, and I know that they pulled stuff from like the chemistry and things that they saw and all that. Um, I think it's a mixture of things. I think they they brought them to life in such a dope, amazing, beautiful way. I think they had really great chemistry. And I just think that, you know, there's like humor. They were very like, their characters were very different from everyone else. Meaning like, like they were just very like charactery. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you almost some of the stuff that Blair and Chuck did, you're like, that is like not real. That's <laughs> like not, you know, whereas like things that Vanessa did and Serena did, it's a lot of things that like not not weren't shocking, but there's just stuff that Blair does where I'm like, you you couldn't even get away with that in real life. No. I mean, well, so, you talked about Amanda, the Nertini that 
The yes. minions Chuck would have went to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying I feel like their storylines and some of the stuff that their characters did were so like shocking and and well written, but just stuff that was not not like your day to day or things that people can really relate to. So it was like as a viewer or as a fan, you're watching and you're like, holy shit, that's wild. She just did that, you know? Yeah. What what were some of your favorite scenes or plot lines from that first season? Um, there was just so much stuff that went on, Tyler. Like I know. Chuck and Blair in the back of the limo where she lost. I was like, wait, that that happened in episode seven. I thought it was way, like, way later. Um, I didn't realize until now, this time watching, that Blair lost her virginity to Chuck, which yeah. is also probably too why they have such a connection in the as characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I do think that's a big thing to give to someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I do think they're the way he cares for her and her for him and the way that they'll be like scheming people and they can get away with – Chuck and Blair can get away with more than any any other character on the show, uh-huh. what they're doing. Yeah. And it, it just keeps proving that when I'm watching. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> what next? But then season one, two, when Georgina comes in and stirs the pot, oh when Vanessa comes in in season one, when Carter Bazin, when – I mean, there was just so many things. When when Serena goes to Blair and is bawling her eyes out and and basically says, I, I killed, killed someone, someone, I'm like, wait, did I hear that right? I had to rewind it. I'm like, I do not remember reading that years ago. So there was just so much that was happening. Yeah. Uh, Danny Alley 4 asked what you think the craziest bomb that dropped in season one was. And I think about that. I say this Wait, almost- what was the name? What Danny, was that name? Danny Alley 4. That's my sister. Oh, that's so Hello. cute. <laughs> so your sister wants um, to know what the crazy- Yeah. But you, that, I joke about this, that I wish that I could go back and feel the way that I felt when Serena says I killed someone at the end of that episode. Because I, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this show is going somewhere crazy. Right. And you just don't even know what's happening. But when someone says that, you're like- any way that that could have went, she's like admitting that. And that means like, wait, are we going to like have to go to court and you're going to jail for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like what, it, where is this going? You know? And at that point you care about Serena so much that you're like devastated that something like that happened or that she did it. And then you're also like, but wait, how did you? Like, wait, what exactly yeah. <laughs> happened? What yeah. do you mean, Serena? I will tell you also one of my favorite season one moments is the guitar hero. Oh my God. Off. That was actually really fun to film. We were having like a really good time doing that. Were you like actually getting playing into it. Guitar Hero? We we had to for some of the shots. Blake is like really, really good yeah. at it. Like she was phenomenal in real life and obviously in the scene. So we were just having so so much fun. That was like a really fun party scene. All of our party scenes, because there was a lot, like almost every episode, there was something with so many extras and so many, you know, costume changes and so many things. But I always really enjoyed, even though those were long days, I always enjoyed when we were all together because it was just fun in between the scenes or going to lunch or, you know, hanging out in each other's trailers. It was it was a fun, fun time. A few people had questions about your acting process, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really interesting. Uh, I want to talk about one from at AF Anderson, which is how far in advance did you guys know about plot lines? Oh, um, well, here's the thing. You get a script and then when things are dropped, like it'd be like the thing with Chuck and Vanessa, we wouldn't know what was going to happen in four episodes from there. So yeah. like we'd read that and we'd be like, oh my gosh, are they going to date? Are they not going to date? So you get excited to get the next script. Yeah. 
Now, with certain shows and certain things, I'm sure you could call the showrunner or you can call your producer and say, hey, where are you thinking, you know, but sometimes they don't know. So yeah. that's also what's so fun about television. Now, nowadays, you know, episodes are 10 and 13 episodes. A lot of times the full season is, you know, totally written. And sometimes back then, sometimes what was working week to week, they would kind of cater to that. So it's, it's, it's all situational and each show is different in each storyline. You know what I mean? So I think that's really what's really cool about TV, that it can be one thing one week and totally change the next. Obviously, there's when you pitch shows and go to networks and stuff, they like an idea, but I don't think you have to be married to any of that, yeah. which is which is I think is cool. Yeah. And I mean, you guys were all friends and you guys were like, you did film some very funny scenes together. Emily Greenberg wanted to know what was the funniest moment you can remember that had to be taped several times over because you were just choking <laughs> down laughs. There was a lot of laughs like that. There was a couple. I remember one day our AD was like getting getting upset because <laughs> we were like taking too much time. But I, there was one scene, I cannot remember the episode, and it was Blake and I and Chase. And I remember Chase's character, Nate, was walking in and was just very confused, concerned, confused. And he was killing it and he was doing such a good job, but we couldn't take it seriously, even though it was like a very serious moment. I got to go find out what scene that is. He would walk in and how Chase's like was, you know, so concerned on the look on his face. Blake and I would just break and couldn't, could not keep it together. And sometimes that's super fun. But then when you, you're like, oh God, we got to get this down. Yeah. Then you, then it's almost harder to stop. I, <laughs> a lot of times with Penn, if something funny was going on or we were laughing, he'd be like, look, look at me, like lock eyes. We're done. We're not laughing again. And sometimes I'm like, Penn, that's even worse. That's worse. Oh, you're going to make me laugh harder. Sometimes it really worked like a charm though, like real good. But um, I also found it very funny when when Ed would go from talking like Ed and then to Chuck. Like I found that hilarious. Yeah. So he was probably very happy we didn't have a ton of scenes together because sometimes I'm like, I can't even I can't handle you how you're just switching like that. Yeah. And just too, like how brooding Chuck is. It was just hilarious to me. But there was a scene, I think it's the, like an Eyes Wide Shut episode. And Leighton was doing something funny like, and not in a sense to try to mess me up by any means. She's very professional and wonderful to work with and bounce off of. And even when she came on the Orville, like she's the shit, like love her. Um, but she was doing something or made a face next to the camera and it, and then all of a sudden snapped and was just Blair. And it was just like, I'm like, I don't even know how you just did that. But she was making some weird, funny face and I could not. I remember I had to like walk around the block and like gather myself. I'm like, girl, I can't get that face out of my head. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. 
It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and the last star on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano. Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Those memories and thinking about all that is like what made it fun. I remember when Hillary was coming and we were getting ready to do that scene. I was like, are you good? Should we like, <laughs> do we need a glass of wine? <laughs> no, um, but she, we were just like, well, we're just going to go have fun and do it. And it is what it is. And, and we did. But um, yeah, those kind of things are what are, are the memories that like make you remember why you loved it so much, not just the, you know, not just acting and doing a fun, cool job in New York City. It, it was the in between the scenes or the late night rehearsals or the early morning calls. Like I'll, I'll never forget Blake and I lived in the same building at one point and walking out, there would be four vans because a couple of us were dating. So there would be like a yeah. pickup for me and a pickup for three other. And I'm like, which is my van? <laughs> and I'm like, we should probably like only have two vans and not waste the gas. But it is what it is. No, because everyone's like call times would be different. But it was funny because I'd walk out and be like, which one am I getting in today? Yeah. Um, 
But all those kind of like fun moments and in between things are like we look back and laugh and and that's what makes it like fun and, and great. Yeah. So you did an episode with Eric Damon, who has to be one of my favorite people. He's just the oh, nicest, sweetest human. Such a gangster. I love him. Just the best. <laughs> and like every time I see him, I'm like, I if I tried to put these things together, I would look crazy and you look incredible. Yeah. He just is like so talented and has such a vision and just like knows what he's doing and is so good at it. But I also think he, he's he was like born with a gift. Yeah. Like it, he's just like, it's beyond. XOXO Poshup Girl wanted to know what your favorite Vanessa outfit was. Oh, um, there was a purple dress she wore. Katie Cassidy was in the scene. It was like long and frilly. It was just not very Vanessa moment. To be honest, that snowflake ball dress yeah. is actually really sick. That was very mean what they did yeah. to Vanessa. Um, but by the way, nowadays people would wear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would still throw some, some pants on. But when I look back, I was like, damn. And Vanessa's little body looked all cute in it. I was, I was like vibing that for sure. Yeah. Um, but either that purple frilly one, also the the I think it was never Ben Marcus. She's walking on the Upper East Side with with Nate at saying like, how can you not be hot? And she has this little dress on that was like cute with a belt. But I just always really liked what he put everyone in. He like really slayed each look, character, vibe. It was awesome. Do you feel like Vanessa's style was? closest to your style or was there another character who you were like, oh, I'd like to steal her stuff? Um, no, I don't think Vanessa and I are very close in style. She wears a lot of patterns and colors yeah. and layers and I like that and I think it was very cute for Vanessa. I'm much, I'm like bohemian chic, but a little like grunge. I, I, I would almost say it's like a little bit Vanessa when it's like toned down when she's just like in jeans yeah. and like a bomber jacket and then like a little bit of Serena who was kind of, you know, that like Kate Moss kind of like rocker t-shirt and yeah simple kind of Jessica Stam vibe, but yeah. And then I, I, I just liked Blair's like classic preppy, you know, head to toe. Like it was just dialed in. It was yeah. just on point. Yeah. It Shelby Marie wants to know if you took anything with you from the set after Gossip Girl ended. Um, I feel like there was probably some outfits or something like that. So I feel like we, I took some stuff from the dressing room, but just a lot of memories, a lot of feelings and a lot of memories. Which is nice. <laughs> They last and some, fr- anyway. and some friendships. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you got to shoot in such amazing locations. Do you have a favorite place that you guys got to shoot? I, just honestly, this is going to sound like a ridiculous answer, but just being able to film in New York City yeah. is like just a gift in itself. But like, yes, being able to on the Met stairs is cool all over Brooklyn. I mean, even Silver Cup. That's like such it's so many great people have come in and out of that studio and great projects. So to even be a part of like that history is really for me, I think so, so awesome. But I mean, some of the Upper East Side places were just beautiful. Just Central Park. I mean, it goes on and on. There was never a time that I was like, oh, this sucks. It was just everything was, it's New York City. It's a vibe in itself. And yeah, character. I don't know if I have my favorite. I, I don't know a favorite. Let me ask you this then. In in your rewatch so far, has there been a scene of like a location or event where you're like, oh, I wish Vanessa had been a part of this scene? Um, yeah, when when they go to Paris. Yeah, right. <laughs> I remember getting those scripts too, and it was three people were going, and three characters were going, and three were staying because we didn't stop production in New York. Right. So we had to keep filming while they were filming with a different production, obviously in Paris. So when we read it, it was it was <laughs> Serena. Chuck 
and Blair went to Paris yeah. and Nate, Dan and, and Vanessa stayed, um, which Vanessa really didn't have any business being in Paris, but as, as the actor and for Jessica, I'm like, mm, can we write it in? Does she just yeah, become best friends with Serena that on that trip? Maybe she was on a study abroad program. <laughs> yes, exactly. Visiting That's a where friend she... doing study abroad. <laughs> I like that. Many other ways. Uh, you've got so many great questions. We're not going to be able to get them all, obviously, but mm-hmm. a few more before we wrapped up. Yeah. Ivy Rose Beauty Talk wants to know your favorite day on set that you'll always remember. Favorite day on set. Um, wow. There was some some of the nights where it was like shooting into Friday night and then being able to like go grab dinner with some of the cast and crew after. Those are That happened so many times, but those were just like, oh, this is so fun. We've become friends, you know, like – living in the city, working in the city. And I'm trying to think some episodes that were that the mat when I first, my first episode, that mass ball was insane just because of the way all the costumes were. And I was really meeting everyone for the first time. And when you do a scene like that, you're never just shooting it in that hour. Right. Usually those scenes take a couple days. So you really get to know everyone. So it was really fun to work with Blake for the first time there. Getting to know some of the cast there was really, really fun, um, and the costumes were cool. And I think it was also, like, my whole vibe and feelings were like, oh, my God, this is great to be a part of a show in New York City with this amazing group of people. So that was probably more just, like, a personal Jessica thing than an actual, like, storyline or location. I think it was just, like, how I was feeling at the moment in life. Yeah. And M6 Elix wanted to know, and I like this question because, I mean, Vanessa really gets put through the ringer, I think. Uh, emotionally, what was the hardest scene to film? Oh, um, I, some of the times when she was like pulling one on people and like doing, you know, like later on when she's like kind of being conniving and that was hard because I'm like, this isn't like Vanessa. (laughs) So I felt, I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know. I always had a lot of fun because of the dynamic with Blair and Vanessa, because they can't stand each other so much. And there's this tension and this like not hatred, but like almost yeah. like she cannot stand Vanessa. Vanessa can't stand her. They come from two totally different walks of life. They have a very different outlook on on life. Like, I, so that was always really fun to do those scenes because Leighton and I always had so much fun outside of our characters and have the same sense of humor and a lot of things in 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 life. So it was really fun to go from like just talking with Leighton and then going into this like scene where there's tension and we can't stand each other. That that's like was fun to me because challenging too, because you, you go from one second laughing yeah. to then being like, okay, I have to like look at this girl and can't stand her, even though I like love this girl so much and she's such a wonderful human. So that was always kind of fun for sure. Yeah. It's been so great. I mean, for me personally, one of the things I've enjoyed most about the podcast so far is hearing the stories about how you all genuinely loved hanging out with each other offset and how you were all friends and everybody got along really well. We had, it was a fun time. It was a really fun time. I mean, there was so many things in life that we were going through, like working in New York City, having a show that, you know, the network was really behind and and loving and, you know, people across the world were watching and, you know, going into all of the um, fashion world was, was, for me, was new. I didn't know. Um, okay. So I just have, I have one last question for you. Um, and I really like this one because I think it's great for all the aspiring actors who are listening out there. Mm -hmm. It's from Alexandra Kikaris. What advice would you give an actor who comes onto a show that has already established itself? Well, the, the cool thing I think with that is like when I came on Shameless or Kingdom or the Orville, there's like a tone to it and, and you can go and look up the episodes and, 
you know, talk to the writers of, you know, what, what they love, what's working. So that's kind of cool in a way because you have something to kind of go off of and then, and dive into. Whereas when it's a new pilot or new show, you, you're there to help set the tone and you're, and, and that's, it's fun and challenging and, and risky too. Cause sometimes you might be like, cause art's all subjective, right? Like what I think is dope and rad, someone else might not connect to. So I think when a show's doing its thing and you get to come on and add like another color, flavor, fun little storyline, I always really enjoyed doing that because you kind of know the tone and you can kind of figure out like where your piece of the puzzle is going to come come in and shift it and and add like a flavor or color to it that hasn't been there. So I, I actually really enjoy that. Yeah. I think they're both great to, to also be a part of bringing it to life, but also getting to joining. bring in the new, the new blood. No, I think that that's such great yeah. advice. This has been so fun. Yeah. I mean, you truly, you got so many great questions that it was impossible to even choose which ones to to go through. You picked great ones. I know we had to like narrow it down and then you, but I, I loved, I loved everything. I want to say thank you to everyone who's been a fan of the show, of Gossip Girl, of, of my work or Tyler's work or anyone, um, you know, that, that helped bring Gossip Girl to life. We really appreciate you. I see you. I love you. And Thank you for helping like make this journey fun because honestly, without viewers and fans and input and feedback and all of that, what do we do it for? You know what I mean? So I'm sending you guys all air hugs and thanking you so much. And I had so much fun doing this, Tyler. Maybe we do this like for season two once we we get through season two. (laughs) I have said this before and I will say it again. I will talk about Gossip Girl anytime, anywhere with, I mean, literally anyone. So... I'm more than happy. I love it. You're amazing. (laughs) You're amazing. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tepia, Kristen Vermilia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.